The Outlet. The Talk of Southland. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. This podcast is all about local interviews and event information for Southland. In this episode, I catch up with Leon from Greenlight Innovations about Kapow, the great comic art show in Vicargill. We chat about his interest in comics and what people can expect to see at the show. But first, I talk to Army Lance Corporal Sarah Menzies. Sarah is from Riverton and was the only Southlander to be part of the New Zealand Defence Marching Contingent, which took part in the coronation of King Charles. We talk about how Sarah came to be there, the build-up and her favourite part of the day. Hi Sarah, welcome to the outlet. Hello. Now, can you give me a bit of a background on how you became part of the 21-member Defence Force contingent that was in the King's coronation? Yeah, so it's a bit funny really. The NZDF had a, like, a criteria, I guess, on who they wanted to bring over and they wanted quite a young contingent or people that had only been in the military less than six years essentially. And so, like, the nominations came out, which I didn't know was a thing, really. And my sergeant, my one-up, essentially wrote my nom- nomination and sent it through and didn't really tell me until, like, the day of. And then I, like, got an email chain um, saying, like, congratulations, you're going, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really know what it was until she told me. It was a bit of a surprise, but, yeah, it was a cool surprise. So each service also had different criteria on how they got to go like the navy had to write a a letter about themselves essentially and then that got picked from a high-ranking person yeah so there was a massive amount of military personnel there from around the world so how much rehearsal and practice did you have to do and how long did that take yeah so we arrived about 10 days before the coronation and we New Zealand was the first contingent that arrived they got us a bit of a head start on the drill and then we became like the demonstration squad essentially for the rest of the the world to see and so Every day was essentially drill practice and we'd go to different camps around Britain and link up with the British Army or link up with the British Air Force and Navy. And essentially it was like 8.30am till 6pm, like non-stop marching all day for practice. When it came to the coronation, what was that experience like? I mean, what were you thinking and feeling when you are in there? It was a bit surreal to be honest. We'd woken up at like... 2.15 that morning and the coronation wasn't until about 12.30 so we'd been awake for so long and the build up, everyone was building it up inside like the the holding area tent that we had to wait in for hours before and then when we got there like the crowds either side, it was just so hard to explain. The photos, I've never had so many cameras pointed in our direction and like at one moment in time and like everyone, you could hear people in the crowds be like, oh there's Kiwis, like oh hi New Zealand, which which made it really special because there are people there just to see the New Zealand contingent march. It went way faster than I thought, we walked for a few kilometres. But it just was over with the click of a fingers, yeah. Did they give you any sort of souvenirs? Is there something that you've been given to say that you were in the King's coronation? Yeah, we got in the military, we do a, a, a coin exchange thing, and um, all the Commonwealth got a, a special coin. So there was only 500 of those made. So we each got one of those, which was pretty cool. And then the British military are getting a medal, and it's undecided if we're going to get it yet. Did you buy anything yourself while you were there as a souvenir of being in the coronation? Yeah, I did. I uh, made sure I got round to like your yeah, classic UK shops that were selling the, 
the king's face on the tea towel and the king's mug and stuff to dish out to my family. <laughs> so you came back with a suitcase loaded up of royal stuff. Yes, I did. I did. When you think about it, because I mean, it would have been just such a whirlwind being in there. What was your yeah. favourite thing on the day? My favourite thing would have been when we were sitting in the holding tent and we got like the go, get your uniform on, go, go, go. Everyone's like anticipation just went up. You could feel it in the room. Everyone was putting on their jackets, feeling so proud about to walk out. And then walking down the mall, the band started playing and the crowds were like screaming. I just felt really proud, you know, that I was there. Yeah, quite honoured to be there. Well, what a wonderful experience. And, and thank you so much for representing New Zealand. You did us all proud. <laughs> it was great to see. And thank you so much for having a chat today. No problem. Thank you. You're listening to The Outlet. I really like the interviews. I like that it's easy to listen to while I'm at the gym. I like that it's local and all about this community. The Outlet. The talk of Southland. Leon is from Greenlight Innovations. Now, Kapow, the great comic archer in Vicargill, is on at the moment. So I chat to Leon about his interest in comics and art and what people can expect to see at the show. Hi, Leon. Welcome to The Outlet. Hey, you doing, Brent? Great to be here. Like you, I'm a real comic fan from way back. In fact, I use comics to teach myself to draw. So what started the fascination for you? Um, I, well, e- even after like many years, I suppose I've been a comic book fan since maybe I was like six years of age, which is going back a few decades, we say. <laughs> um, I, I, I still can't draw to save my life, so it hasn't actually given me, blessed me with any artistic um, talent. I, I just found it really striking visuals, you know, back in the day. I, I, I can still remember as as a young kid, like, you know, like when you go into the newsagent in, in those days and they'd have the shelves with all the comic books. And I just remember them being so striking visually and like, wow, this is exciting, you know? And that just started off a lifelong love, I think you'd say, for you know, the medium. Yeah, I mean, there was so many different comics. Like, when you went into the new store, like, um, I was always taken by the Superman comics and things like that, but just because, as you say, they were just so amazingly drawn, but but also just, you know, simple cartoons. Like, I used to love a book called Back to BC by uh, an artist called Johnny Hart, and very, very, very simple line drawings about cavemen, but it was just absolutely fantastic. I, I think that's a big part of comic books as you say like we we talk about that later we had a chap down for some workshops and he was saying it's not really about like drawing is a tool to convey a story you know so you know like even it can be a simple line drawing but once it conveys that message it's a win what do you think makes comics a, a great gateway for art and literature well it's it's a, it's a combination of two things like as i say um comic books were very formative in my development as a human being and just once again talking about myself and you know you know it's it's always dangerous to generalize that's led to a love of literature and i actually can read proper books without pictures these days it's also led to a love of art you know i'm involved in art galleries and not as an artist but you know in supporting i suppose the arts would be the term it's it, i think it really gets you know there's all the research about reluctant readers and how you know, having those visuals there can, you know, like encourage and guide. So that's that's one side of it. You know, it really can encourage people to read. It also, you know, stimulates the imagination, which I think 
then leads to people being able to draw and you know like yeah emulate it so yeah i think it works in both ways and i i as i say all the research that's been done is really so supportive of this being been a wonderful medium to get people to literature to read so tell me about kapow the great comic art show what will we see and what are the reasons of putting it on leon yeah now that's that's a it's a, it's a good question thanks Brent. so it all came about um and we are jumping back a few years ago. I, uh, I'm involved with when I moved down here, and I say I used to go to what they call Free Comic Book Day back when I lived in Ireland and in Auckland. When I got down here, I got involved and it was involved in setting up a local charity called Greenlight Innovations. And one of the things we did very early on, one of our first projects, was to run what they call Free Comic Book Day. Right. Now, Free Comic Book Day for your listeners is a um, it's a worldwide event, normally on the first Saturday in May. That all these comic book companies produce copies of their comic books really, really cheap, and they give them to the stores basically for free, right? And then all these comic book stores around the world give them out, and it's something like five million comic books gets given out this day, and it becomes a celebration of popular culture. And so when I got to Invercargill, there wasn't a comic book store, and Greenlight was like, this ties into literacy, which is part of our Kaupapa. We're like, we connected with the Invercargill City Library and Archives, and they're like, oh, you can have it here. And we've got a wonderful sponsor, me and Henry Lauer, who was like, oh, we'll pay the cost to comic books, because even though they're free, the, the challenge is you still got to ship them from the US, and they, you know, <laughs> it gets expensive. Uh, still cheaper than buying a comic book, never mind you. So we, we've been running com- uh, free comic book day in Invercargill for about eight years now. And that is wonderful. It's, it almost ends up being, um, I don't know if you're familiar with things like Armageddon, which are basically monster geek fest. It kind of ends up being Invercargill's little Armageddon because we get people like with pop culture stuff like tires and models. We get people with D&D tables introducing people to D&D. We get cosplay people like we always have some of the stormtroopers there, you know some really cool people we know in the community that we love and it, so it ends up yeah people dress up and i find it just really awesome you know just showing that variety and i remember like one year we did it there was a young lady there and she was like this is the only time i feel comfortable in this city to go out and show this is me with what i'm wearing my steampunk outfit that this we're not just the city of not dissing rugby because i enjoy my enjoy my merits but we're not just the city of this we're also other interests and the library say it's the library have said it's the busiest day they've ever had some years literally crowds of people door, crowds at the door so so now getting back to capel said <laughs> the backstory i for a number of years were like oh, i would love to actually just celebrate the art a bit more and you know like you, you see things like south sea spray which was you know like a street artist's painting graffiti I think you call it graffiti or street art, depending on what name you want to use. So there's been stuff like that in Invercargill, but a really talented guy called Dio. And so I was like, I want to celebrate comics as an art farm. So we got in con- connection with Arts Murahiku, which is the local arts support agency down here, you know, fostering arts in the community. And Hiwaka Tuya, and I have a connection with the Invercargill Public Art Gallery. So it's like, yay, there's a new a new venue open to Fare Taupoa. I'd love to have a comic book exhibit. And... To their credit, you know, like they, they jumped on board. You know, it, I always use the saying, you know, like it takes um it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes quite a few people to put on a comic book exhibit. So yes, it's really cool. So when we were thinking about this, I, I kind of I had a plan in my head that I wanted to celebrate 
international comic book art, right? And, and, and to be fair, we have to put a proviso out there. The comic books we have on display, a lot of them are replicas. Because we couldn't actually get Action Comics number one, which was the first Superman, because I think it's worth about 6.7 million US dollars. So our budget didn't stretch to originals for all these things, because we didn't have a spare, maybe 150 million. So we've we've a selection of, I say, we've an international section of there, we've a selection of comic books that I consider really interesting examples of the development of the ad farm, you know, like, and we're literally starting, you know, we, t we make, you know, a kind of acknowledge, you know, the, the evolution of comic books when they came from newspaper scripts back in the day, you know, like in the 1930s, Superman, through the 50s, changes then in popular taste to the 60s, where we, um, like we could say the, what they call the Silver Age of comics, you know, you know, Marvel, um, which are now all cinematic superstars, development through the 70s, 80s, you know, really pivotal, pivotal moments there. Um, Frank Miller, his incredible work, all the way through to the, the modern day. So we've got international stuff, primarily focused on the US, but we do have stuff from the UK, Korea, Ireland, you know, just as a taste. So that's our international room. It was really interesting for me as, as, as we were putting this together to look at some of the incredible talents we have here in Aotearoa. So we're showcasing three New Zealand artists. Richard Fairgray, who was an incredibly talented Auckland artist, very successful over over in the US. You know, he's he, actually I encountered him through a Free Comic Book Day. One of his books was distributed through Free Comic Book Day, uh, Blastosaurus, which is massively successful. Really quirky sense of humor, really successful internationally. Also blown away that the man the man is legally blind, three percent vision. He just does it with such a, a focused you know, magnifying glass, but really talented. Other people, Michael Mullapola, who was down for workshops, and I can talk about that. And Dylan Horrocks, who was, you know, he's, he's done work for, he did, he did Hicksville. He did a Batgirl for DC. You know, it, I think he's got a laureate in literature. It's incredibly talented. We have so many talented people. So they've provided some of their work. We've got actually from Dylan, uh, kind of a bit of a New Zealand premiere of his new series. You know, first time anybody gets to see it, which is really exciting. And then we've got a room which I'm also really, really excited about local artists. For the local artists, so what are, what are they doing at the exhibition? What are they up to? We've we've been working with um, SIT and Chris Popham, who's a ch tutor in graphic design at there, and actually a very talented artist in his own right. So I think it's a bit it's a bit of a you know, kind of secret that a lot of people don't know, but the Southern Institute of Technology, R.T. Pulkenga, excuse my Irish pronunciation of uh, Tureo. Yeah, every year the students prepare some comic books and they actually produce this big graphic novel, which I was blown away at the standard of art. Uh, so we've got a room that's full of local artists, second and third year students at SIT, their creations and I say incredible. Also, a lot of the students are on site on different days, so you can come down, literally draw, and just you know bounce ideas. So, and uh, as I say, it's it's really cool to see that these local students are in a you know an exhibit 
alongside your Jack Kirby and Frank Miller. And, <laughs> How long is the exhibition on? And where can people get some more information about it, Leon? Okay, uh, you can go to um, Atsumurahiku, Hawaka Tours Facebook page, Greenlight Innovations Facebook page. And you'll find details about the exhibition there. I think we've all got to put up as a banner to make it very easy for you to see. As, as, as to where you go, it's running from May the 4th to June the 3rd, right? See, we started on May the 4th. It's a nice Star Wars reference there, you know? <laughs> and it's at Tefare Taupoa, which is the old restroom on 4th Street, so the junction of 4th and Clyde Street. And it's open from Tuesday to Saturday. Pretty much walking hours, you know, so there's plenty of opportunities to get down. And yeah, just come down. And there's, that, of course, if you got a comic book exhibit, it's, it's like an exhibit, so you can't touch the comic books. But, you know, people want to actually engage. So as I say, we have the artists there uh, quite a lot during the week. And we also have, you know... The, proper old reading area we can sit and read some comic books and coloring pages some creative stuff so you can create your own works you know so it's a nice and engaging well thank you so much for having a chat today it's been great and all the very best for the rest of the exhibition thank you brent really appreciate it the outlet from your southland app Thanks for listening to The Outlet. The Outlet is produced and published by the Southland App and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available on the Outlet button of your Southland App and wherever you get your podcasts.